You Jake Sully? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. Before we get started with the Avatar 2009 review, be sure to check out the Avatar 2009 commentary on patreon.com slash podcast. It is a free commentary review to watch Avatar 2009 alongside with me at the same time. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck It All Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing one of the most notorious films in current history at this point, mostly because of numerous factors, mostly because it's become one of the highest grossing pieces of media ever to come to the big screen avatar 2009 avatar is a 2009 epic science fiction film directed written co-written and co-edited by james cameron starring sam worthington zoe zaldana stephen long lang uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Sigourney Weaver. It is set in the mid-22nd century when humans are colonizing Pandora, a lush, habitable moon of a gas giant in the Alpha Centauri star system in order to mine the, ver- the valuable mineral Obtanium. Unobtanium. And <laughs> so you can probably hear that uh the word in there i'm not going to go too deep in that the expansion of the mining colony threatens the continued existence of a local tribe the navi a humanoid uh humanoid species indigenous to uh, pandora the title of the film refers to the genetically engineered navi body operated by so operate operated from the brain of a remotely located human that is used to interact with the natives of pandora so the development of avatar began in 1994 when james cameron wrote an 80 page treatment for the film filming was supposed to take place after the completion of cameron's titanic in uh, 1997 for a planned release of 1999 However, according to Cameron, the necessary technology was not uh, yet available to achieve the vision of his film. Work on the, na- uh, on the language for the Navi began in 2005, and Cameron began developing the screenplay and fictional universe in early 2006. Avatar was officially budgeted at $237 million dollars due to a groundbreaking array of new visual effects Cameron achieved in cooperation with uh, Weta Digital in Wellington um, in New Zealand. Other estimates put the cost between $280 million and $310 million for the production and at $150 million uh, for promotion. 
The film made extensive use of the new motion capture technology, filming techniques, and was released for traditional viewing, 3D viewing, <clears throat> using Real D 3D, Dolby 3D expansion, D 3D, IMAX 3D formats, and 4D experiences in select South Korean theaters. Excuse me while I get some coffee. Avatar premiered in London on December 10th, 2009, and was released in the United States on December 18th. Two positive reviews, critics highly praising its groundbreaking technology, uh, groundbreaking visual effects um, during its theatrical run. The film broke several box office records and became the highest grossing film at the time, as well as the United States and, Can and Canada's uh, surpassing Cameron's Titanic, which uh, had held those records for 12 years. Avatar remained the highest grossing film in the world for, the, for nearly a decade until it was overtaken by Avengers Endgame in 2019. But a Chinese re-release of Avatar led the film to retaking the worldwide top spot in March 2021, where has, it has been ever since. <clears throat> so um, my personal take on re-releasing of films to kind of quote-unquote claim the top spot again, I know it was like Avengers or Avatar, and either one, it's Disney owning both, so what does it really matter at that point? But... um. I kind of feel like that shouldn't matter as much. I know in the long run, it's like how much money long term, the longevity of the film, how much it's made. And I think this one has made, I think, somewhere around two point nine billion in the box office. So that's that's honestly just sounds ridiculous to say in my head on a budget of uh, let's just say under three hundred million, give mm -hmm. or take the marketing as well. So that's uh, pretty damn good. But some people would say that. You know, despite it making all of this money, everyone having a pretty, a pretty high praise for it, you know, over time, you know, has it lost its lust, its glory, its shininess, its newness? Um, and I've tried to think about, uh, you know, how we're going to tackle about tackle this podcast in a couple of different ways. Just, you know, how storytelling visual storytelling has really changed since the release of the first avatar i mean the first avatar was sitting at two hours and 42 minutes and when i'm watching it you know i it feels long but it's it doesn't feel like you know it, it, tons need to be cut out to make this work it definitely feels like uh you know there's probably a four or five hour cut of the movie that would probably still work really well as a small mini series. So I wanted to say that kind of going into this podcast that, you know, since 2009, we've had the Game of Thrones of the world. We've had, you know, some people watch like the, the expansions, um, trying to think of other really big epic storytelling. Uh, I think maybe Vikings. I haven't seen that uh, show, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's uh that was on the History Channel or something like that. It was on cable television. But anyways, the whole reason I'm bringing all these different television series up um, 
were mostly because expansive tele television has become you know game of thrones starts to feel the epic storytelling that we've wanted and that we saw in avatar so it's like if avatar were if it were the first time that avatar were coming out this year um would it be a three-hour movie or would it be a six or eight hour or ten hour miniseries or, or, or limited series on disney plus or on whatever i think it was fox at the time that they had put it out so if fox had their own streaming service then maybe fox would have decided to have uh avatar come out on their streaming service if they were to have their own and they were not owned by disney um so the whole thing is the way storytelling has been um, expanded upon how we go to the movies for different reasons than what we did in 2009. We kind of went for much more experiences, epic stories, storytelling that was shown on the big screen and shared with a whole lot of audiences. And I feel like just the way that obviously because of COVID and the pandemic and stuff like that, uh, habits have changed, but reasons to go to the movie theater have completely changed as well. Um, right now, I think most people can see the box office numbers and all the, the medium size movies really just aren't coming out or they're bombing. Um, and then we have the big uh, blockbusters that are coming out, the Marvel's MCU movies coming out, still doing pretty big numbers but you know you don't exactly see growth in the ticket sales over the course of the last couple of years you know there was this, this kind of like pinnacle around um avatar endgame is what it feels sorry avatar avengers endgame and um yeah so the, the whole reason i'm bringing it up is you know a lot of studios might opt to do series mini series or expand this world they might tell they might have told james cameron hey we want you to have an avatar movie we want you to have three tv shows everyone's going to have uh, a prequel show you know they want to have a serious franchise they're going to be able to use in milk for every uh every day they've got it you know so i went back and watched Avatar 2009. I'm a big fan of the Slash film cast. I saw that they were doing the same thing. A lot of other big podcasts were doing um, Avatar 2009 rewatches as well to kind of get a refresh to go watch the new Avatar 2 The Way of Water. Is it called Avatar 2 The Way of Water or is it just called Avatar The Way of Water? It's, it's just Avatar The Way of Water. There's no two. So, and I actually have seen some um, reviews for uh, some tweets about it, nothing spoilerific or anything. I won't really reveal anything, but it, it's kind of what I would expect. Now, everyone says don't bet against James Cameron. I mean, what is it? Every 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 movie since um, let's look at this guy's um, Carfax. Let's bring up the Carfax. James Cameron da -da 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 -da. born. August 16th, 1954. Canadian. All right, we're gonna, that's enough. We're not to do all that. But, uh, you know, he's known for movies such as The Terminator 84, Aliens 86, The Abyss 89, Terminator 2 91, True Lies 94, Titanic 97, Avatar 2009. He's won. Uh, Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Editing. He's a recipient of other industry accolades to other films of a selected preservation for the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress. Yeah. 
Oh, I did that all in one breath. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, so he's known for tons of uh, progression in in the digital front of pushing, you know, the boundaries of technology, you know, behind the camera and, um, you know, making sure, I don't know if it's like his job or anything, but it feels like it does kind of fall upon him every, you know, five to 10 to 15 years for this guy just to redefine the industry. Cause if you look at all those movies that I've just, um, named almost every single other one is just like, holy shit, that was an industry shifter. You know, it changed the paradigm shift of everything we knew about movies. When Titanic came out, it blew everything out of the proportion of what we thought movie making could be. And people were just going back and back and back and forth of seeing Titanic a million times. Same thing. Avatar, uh, 2009 was happening too. the, um, the same thing of that uh, that reoccurring experience of wanting to relive it was just happening over and over. His movies are so much of a, of an experience. In two thousand nine, two thousand nine's Avatar is no different. Obviously, I think uh, based off of those movies I just kind of named, I kind of want to go back and see if he has any duds recent uh, of those. I kind of well, maybe we'll go back and really dig into it because Aliens, Terminator, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, all those amazing, amazing. <clears throat> I know he's a writer on a couple of movies that I'm just not crazy about. I mean, like, he's considered a writer on Terminator Dark Fate, Alita Battle Angel, um, Terminator Genesis. You know, he has, he's a writer. He, he's credited on things that I wouldn't necessarily are the gold standard. So just having his name on things isn't going to solve everything. It really has to be, he has to be behind the camera. Okay, so looking at it real quick. Um, all those movies I just named, I'm looking at them. Uh, Dark Angel. I'm not familiar with that. Never heard of it. Expedition. Not sure. Ghost of of the Abyss. Not sure. That might be a. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a documentary. I still I haven't seen any of his documentaries. Honestly. He has not directed a ton of movies. Actually, all the movies I just named. Okay, Alien of the Deep. Is that a, uh, Aliens of the Deep? James Cameron teams up with NASA. Yeah, that's got to be. Honestly, all of his movies just about maybe. Was that one that I was talking about? Sorry, this is kind of a little bit of side tangent. I just want to see if he had any bombs. I, I really don't know any. Okay, so Dark Angel is a. a Jessica Alba television show? I didn't even know about this. What the hell? 42 episodes. Anyways, yeah, I honestly have... He doesn't have any bombs. That's the thing. He he doesn't have anything that you've been like, wow, this is just a piece of garbage or something like that, or, you know, that was a bomb. There's nothing to really compare it to. You know, relatively, I think the only thing I haven't seen is The Abyss, but I think the most undercooked thing that I've seen is... Uh, the Terminator and that's just kind of the beginning and that's just at the very beginning of what you know of of what he's really started to do he you know he's just now getting out into the uh the filmography once he's busting into uh into that did he direct okay so 
he directed Piranha 2, The Spawning. I haven't really seen that, so but he directed that with a couple other people. But anyways, I just wanted to see if he had any bombs. He does not have bombs. So I have got relatively high expectations for Avatar's, um, you know, Avatar Way of Water. Um, but yeah, let's kind of digress back to... Um, you know, our discussion of Avatar 2009, but that's kind of a little bit of a look behind the cam, the the Cameron. It's a look behind the Cameron. <laughs> and uh, let's kind of look in front of the camera. Obviously, like we said, with James Cameron, directed, written, produced all by Cameron and then produced again by John Landau. Um, obviously, he was a producer on Titanic as well. So he's kind of, he's, you know, he's been in the bag with Cameron for a minute. Um, but on the front of the camera, on the front of the Cameron is Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, uh, Stephen Lang, Michelle Rodriguez, Sigourney Weaver. So kind of going on from the way up, everyone knows Sigourney Weaver is all the way back from uh, Aliens um, or Alien. Um, and then Michelle Rodriguez, we got family. Um, Stephen Lang been in a multitude, a whole bunch of different multitudes of kind of being usually the antagonist of most things he plays in. not saying he is or not in this movie because I don't want to spoil it, but he's normally uh, the heavy. Um, Zoe Saldana um, is the lead uh, female protagonist and she is in full motion capture gear. And I got to say just off the top, she's phenomenal. She is doing the most and i feel like the effects kind of follow her the most like any sort of uh emotion she is emoting at the time feels like it's captured 100 percent by the motion capture capture and she plays natiri um which comes to our lead character who we are following sam worthington plays jake sully I can tell you in basically two lines why Jake Sully doesn't work, but I'm not going to until we get into the spoilers. Um, it's kind of obvious. People ask, why didn't Avatar 2009 catch on, you know, cult, the cultural relevance um, become, uh, you know, the sayings, the lines? Why wasn't the, the I'll be backs, you know, the draw me like one of your French girls kinds of um, memeable types of movies like the rest of James Cameron's movies? Well, this is a giant film and apparently uh, Cameron has been working on this since he was even a young lad like in his teens he's been designing and working on avatar type concepts for a very long time uh and so that that's one reason i think that this is just an expansive film of he has to have his hands in all these different pots from the design aspect to the writing aspect to making sure the the cgi is correct i can't even imagine where it begins to to make sure everything is on on course because i mean you know it's from 2009 to 2022 that it's taken for the second movie to come out and it's just been kept pushed and pushed and pushed back and the 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 filming budget has just gone exponentially through the roof. I've heard that they have to make somewhere around two billion for the movie to start making money, which is just even Cameron has said in interviews that that's just not economical. It just does not make any business sense. So 
with saying all that, um, yeah, there's a couple reasons that I think that, you know, the, the movie is kind of just not as quotable as the other ones. And, you know, without any spoilers or anything, Jake Sully's not exactly, you know, there, there is, uh, you know, character points that kind of go up and down, you know, back and forth. But Jake Sully is not exactly someone when you want to go dress up, dress up as in character in for Halloween, you know, and coming from that, you know, if you were coming to, let's just say you're watching, um, you're watching Avatar. What didn't it say it came out in? Oh, it came out in December. I was thinking for some reason it was coming out in September. Anyways, if you wanted to be like a Navi, one of these blue characters that they have in there, that is not an easy outfit to do. So the iconography of this movie was not exactly easily replicable to be used for merchandising purposes. I think it's good for more experience purposes and definitely for digital merchandising purposes. Maybe that's a little bit more different. Like maybe have like a Navi skin for your Fortnite character or something. I know that wasn't an option back in uh, 2009. Fortnite didn't exist. But what I'm saying is like the the branding of the Avatar franchise in 2009 stopped about 30 seconds after you left the movie theater and removed the 3D glasses and and you came out of the days of that that world. It was an amazing experience. It was a lot of fun, but there was nothing past that you that you really wanted. And I don't know if there was any iconography of the of the world that you would immediately distinguish oh that's navi or oh that's the mother tree that's the home tree or whatever the a lot of the things like saying oh that's a blaster oh that's a stormtrooper oh that's a uh a, a, a lightsaber or something you know it the branding of the items and the things and the merchandising it's not like i'm saying that they should have leaned into that more but I think that might have hurt it a little bit that someone didn't go in and say, oh, you don't have a little blue blob blue guy that needs to be sold, a little cute thing that needs to be bought. You know, the animals in here look a little bit too ferocious. We might not want to sell them kind of thing. You know, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. You know, do you want to go for more realistic or do you want to kind of go for more of a, a merchandising corporate stance of like wanting to push this and merchandise the hell out of and squeeze avatar 2009 for everything it's worth um you know that there i think there was a, a couple a, new, a couple number there's a number of reasons why i think that this movie didn't surpass you know the uh actually i could be bullshitting at this point because i honestly don't have any num what the number is of uh, merchandising sales hold on I'm like Avatar 2009 sales. I'm actually curious about this. Mm. I'm not sure if there's a final number for that, but there was a Hollywood reporter. Let me see. There was a Hollywood Reporter June 9th, 2010 article that said that uh, 
Avatar has made $153 million in retail sales. Um, but 20th Century Fox believes, uh, products believes it can continue to roll out licensed product even without firm plans to make a sequel and make Avatar a long-term retail blockbuster. That is so interesting. Hmm. That They were trying to use the merchandising, quote-unquote, merchandising strategy, but I don't remember in my my recent memory that many people have tons of like Funko pops or any types of avatar materials that came out of that time. Maybe like, I think of like t-shirts in around 2009. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm not sure how the merchandising worked for it. It's not, you know, it's not a new toy story where everyone's getting a fresh uh, buzz or uh, Woody the cowboy toy or something like that. It's not to my knowledge could be though, but if it has already, if it made $153 million in sales and that was in June 9th, 2010, that was about a, about eight min- months later, I could easily see that this avatar could probably made uh, half a billion in merchandising retail sales. So I, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm not sure how that compounds though. Is it like a hundred million a year or did people stop buying for a couple of years? It's, you know, it's a little bit, um unknown at this time but i'll link anything i can that i find so uh yeah let me kind of wrap back into the podcast of what we were discussing what the hell avatar 2009 yeah so sam worthington um what's the deal with sam worthington well a lot of people might have give sam worthington a little bit of shit just kind of like what's going on with this guy why is he not as you know charismatic as Harrison Ford. Is he a bad actor? You know, is um, is he only good as the blue character? That kind of thing. Those were kind of my questions in my head, kind of floating around before watching it. Going back, rewatching Avatar two thousand nine. Sam Worthington, very good, fine actor. Not as charismatic as like Harrison Ford, but who the hell is? Um, I got to say the biggest problem for me of, of his character. Um, hold on. Let me get back to Okay. Um, biggest problem was the writing on this character. There is motivations for this character that make this character not exactly um, someone I personally would want to root for. So that's just, kind of where I stood for the majority of the film. And I can, like I said, go into spoilers about it, why I didn't like this character as much and why I wouldn't want to like, quote unquote, relate to him. Didn't want to, I don't want to be him. Like you wanted to be Luke Skywalker or something like that. It wasn't something of that nature. Um, so let me see what Sam was doing before. Okay. So he had just starred in terminator salvation i think he was i remember seeing salvation in um in theaters looks like he was in uh, a couple mm-hmm. of smaller roles rogue to twisted delivery man macbeth and then a couple of television shows that are smaller i think he was in australia oh no sir he's an english um actor from the uk and yeah, I I think Avatar besides Terminator Salvation. Oh, sorry, Clash of the Titans was uh, the other movie he was in the year after. But he probably was filming that around the same time as Avatar. Um, but he hasn't really been in too many notable things since then. 
And um, I don't know. I it's Avatar is kind of a double edged sword because I think he's in a movie where everything is outshining this guy from the special effects to the co-stars to even the campy script that's kind of going on um, that Sam Worthington's kind of playing more or less the every man, but I wouldn't say that most people would want to be this guy and not, not because of his physicality or the way he looks or anything like that. It's just like I said, the, the writing or the it's, it's what they made him do uh, in the movie. So that is our main character, Sam Worthington. We don't need to go down too many more uh, specific details. Uh, James Horner is the uh, composer. Wasn't too familiar with anything that he's done off the top of my head. Let me see. Star Trek Three. That's an 84. Aliens, 86. Okay, so he's worked on Cameron's movie before. He did the soundtrack for Willow, 88. Honey has shrunk the kids, 89. Braveheart, 95. Rocketeer, 91. Zorro, 98. Deep Impact, 98. Beautiful Mind, 2001. Amazing Spider-Man, 2012. Um, yeah, kind of, you know, movies are kind of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, his score for James Cameron's Titanic is the best-selling. Okay, so that's where it is. I was like, I don't see where this guy's come from. <laughs> you know, standing out, but I see it now. So, um, yeah, the Titanic score was really good. I don't think any of the any things that I've really seen on this list is quite as notable as that. Um, and the music in Titanic, from the soundtrack to the, the composition, you know, that's uh, uh, so memorable. I don't even think I can hum it right. So it's such a, such a good one. But um, <laughs> uh, cinematography for Avatar 2009 is... Uh, Mario Fiori, I believe, is the Italian cinematographer. And um, let me see. He was born da, 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 Calibria. Let's see what else this guy's done around 2009. Okay, so before Avatar, he was working on P with Peter Berg on The Kingdom. I like Peter Berg's work. I might have to go back and check that out. Smoke and Aces. Joe Carnahan's Michael Bay's The Island, Anton Fuqua's Tears of the Sun, Training Days, Anton Fuqua again. I don't really see too many of the uh, heavy CGI movies except for maybe The Island that I would have said that this guy would have worked on. I can see when it goes from The Island to probably Avatar, which had probably crazy amount of cinematography uh, awards. Yeah, yeah, it did. BAFTAs, awards, Chicago's, films, critics, associations, all the Houston associations, the New York associations, everyone's got an association. Best cinematography for all of that. Academy Award for best uh, cinematography. Uh, cinematography. Yeah, I, the dude fucking went out. He didn't have to go that hard, but he did. And then went on to the next year to release A-Team. And then Real Steel. And then Runner Runner. I don't remember that one. Oh, that's the JT one. Equalizer, Sal Paul, Magnificent. Oh, this dude had, does have a lot of notable films that it's like B movies that I haven't exactly seen. It's like ones I've heard of and like, oh yeah, I heard about it. I heard it was like, eh. But um, yeah, I I saw a handful of these. Magnificent Seven, Dark Phoenix. What do we got? Uh, what the hell? Damn, someone got their damn car 
beeping. Who the hell's got their fucking car beeping? Dude, takes two seconds. Okay, so anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, so that's the uh, behind the scenes. Cinematography, composers, all that good stuff. The actors. I wanted to kind of really dig deep on this movie to see what the heck is going on. Why this was going to be a slam dunk. So we do have big names coming back um, for this movie. And, you know, from the composition to the director. Um, we have an interesting cast. It's a cast I wouldn't exactly have said that would have been like a knockout hit, but I can definitely see it as well. And I also saw another movie coming into this as well. Um, coming into the uh, the Avatar movie. Um, I wonder if anyone's heard of... I think it's 2000's Atlantis. And that is also a Disney film, ironica, ironically. Atlantis. Okay, so is it Atlantis the Lost Empire? Okay, that's 2001's Atlantis the Lost Empire. I wanted to kind of talk about that just a hair before we got into the plot of this movie, mostly because of, oh my God, it's the same fucking thing. What the fuck? How did Disney not sue the balls off of 20th Century Fox for, it's not even spoilers, it's quite honestly almost beat for beat very similar to the same plot as Avatar 2009, and it came out hand over fist eight years earlier. I was I was floored when I found it was, I think this is kind of, I think this is called Dancing with Wolves or something like that. I think it's the same plot as, a, you know, the, the quote unquote, the, the colonizer has to go into the camp of... Uh, settlers which are normally quote unquote the native americans which in this case would be the native uh the navi and you know he has to learn the ways of becoming them and then you know he's uh becomes one of them and i don't i don't want to talk about the the rest of the movie because you know go see it we'll talk about it in spoilers but the paths are very predictable because they go down the same paths so I don't even know how they're not sued on this. I, I was so floored going back and watching 2009's uh, Avatar and then going back and watching, uh, what is it, the, the Lost Empire, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, almost two nights later. I'm like, holy shit, it's the same exact thing. I'm like, this is this is crazy. And um, anyways, so um, let's kind of hop back into... A little bit more details of this, and we'll get into the plot and uh, spoiler section. Avatar premiered in London on December 10th, 2009, and was released in the United States on a, December 18th to a positive review of... Uh, oh, yeah, we discussed this, all this. Um, let me see. Visual effects. During its theatrical run, the film broke several box office records because it's the highest-grossing film of all time. Blah, 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 blah. Avatar remained the highest-grossing... Oh, okay, so... 
as well as United States and Canada, surpassing James Cameron's Titanic, which had held those records for 12 years. Avatar remained the highest grossing film in the world for nearly a decade until it was overtaken by Avengers Endgame in 2009, but a Chinese re-release of Avatar led to the film retaking the worldwide top spot in March 2021, where it has been ever since. Adjusted for inflation, Avatar is the second highest grossing film of all time after Gone with the Wind, with more... uh, with a total of more than $3 billion, it also became the first film to gross more than $2 billion and the best-selling video title of 2010 in the United States. I remember everyone and their mother had uh, Avatar on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Avatar was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and won for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, and Best Visual Effects. The success of the film also led to electronics manufacturing manufacturers releasing 3D televisions and caused 3D films to increase in popularity, which, if you want to ask me, I think both have kind of declined in use. Most people don't want to wear more things to enjoy their entertainment unless it's some sort of ARVR kind of um, following the film success. Following the film success, Cameron signed with 20th Century Fox to produce four sequels. I remember hearing this and thinking they were crazy because it had already been like one or two years. I was like, nah. Avatar The Way of Water. And Avatar 3 have completed principal filming and are scheduled to be released in 2022 and 2024, respectively. Subsequent sequels are scheduled to be released in 2026 and in 2028. Several cast members are expected to return, including Worthington, Saldana, Lang, and Weaver. I believe we're going to get some deaths in some of these Uh, movies because there's no way they're gonna be able to afford all these actors for a super long time i would just uh i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking the big names one of them's gotta go we'll probably keep seldana and i'm thinking well i mean we'll, we'll discuss all right so that is the non spoiler section for avatar 2009 thank you for listening watching look at all podcasts and enjoying the podcast Thumbs upping, subscribing, liking, doing everything you can to helping keeping the lights on in the podcast space. It takes server space. It costs to have the server space. It costs to have the library of Lucky Dog Podcast always available on the cloud. But we do it for you. The only thing we ask is your thumbs up, your subscribes, your share our shit, your five stars our ass, and keep us going. Sorry, the fucking coffee is getting a little bit crazy. I must have poured a little bit of extra stuff in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing. But um, no, the um, coffee is fucking slapping right now. No, normally be hitting that. Cafe Bustello at 6.30 in the evening, but sometimes you just got to do what you just got to do. And this is what we're about to do, an avatar review for you. Um, let's see. 
All right, so uh, that is the podcast. For everyone that has not seen Avatar 2009 and wants to bow out now, I totally respect that. Hold the podcast. Come back. Save it. You know what to do. We'll be right here. If this is YouTube, I'm just going to be like, and we back, you know? So, um, yeah, just hop back into the podcast, and we can just complete the review. Um, I don't like Sam Worthington looking at me like that, so to change that photo <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm gonna give everybody about 15 20 seconds i'm gonna drink some more of this crazy uh i just noticed some things that are in the shot i'm gonna have to edit the hell out of this but it's a good thing we're not live <laughs> um anyways give you about 15 20 seconds to adjust everything get your stuff ready you roll up what you need and uh yeah, we will begin the Avatar 2009 review. And like I said, there's a lot of plus to it. I think the majority of the direction, very strong. The casting, I think, generally works really well. There's not like a strong, uh, there's, sorry, there's not like a, a weak section for me. The characters can be a little bit uh, caricature-y, but I feel like it's supposed to be written that way. So if it's done on purpose, I can totally see it. Um the negatives, I would say, some of the characters, some of the main characters, a little bit unlikable, a little bit assholeish, and you know, and some some I wouldn't exactly want to follow for three hours. Um, and I think that is just about it off the top of my head. Uh, the emotional stakes, the predictability, it is a tad bit predictable, is what I'd say, especially having seen something like. Atlantis or having seen something I think it said gone with the wind or something you know I was just like hmm um could have maybe you know taken it a less it wasn't like super predictable but I was like I think this is gonna happen oh yep it happened you know that kind of thing but um nothing that I'd super dang it for but I think oh yeah I would give this an eight out of ten this is this is a hard eight out of ten um, if the seat, the, the thing that really pushes it in the eight direction for me, as opposed to having like a seven, because I think it is kind of mostly a seven ish type movie, but because the visuals transport you and take you into this new experience, you're experiencing a new world, a new land, a new time. It definitely, it deserves that absolute extra star right there. You know, probably should deserve an extra, extra star, but the emotional stakes for me didn't hit as hard rewatching 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 and i think that uh you know sometimes movies you know <clears throat> debatably movies are different when you rewatch them and you'll give them a different feel um give them a different you know rating but anyways going back and rewatching it that give it a, a solid 8 out of 10 definitely hard recommend and uh, go check it out if you haven't seen avatar 2009 let's get into the spoiler section for avatar 2009 and here is the plot. Allow it. In twenty fifty four, the natural resources of Earth have been depleted. The resources development administration mines the valuable mineral unobtainium on pandora a moon in the alpha century star system 
Pandora, whose out atmosphere is mostly gaseous, is inhabited by the Navi, a 10-foot-tall, blue-skinned, sapient humanoids that live in harmony with nature. To explore Pandora, genetically matched humans, scientists use Navi-human hybrids called avatars. Paraplegic marine Jake Sully is sent to Pandora to replace his deceased identical twin who had signed up to be an operator. Avatar program head director Grace Augustine considers Sully inadequate but accepts him as a bodyguard. So that's basically 25 minutes of the beginning of the movie kind of introducing us to the world, why we're here, who we're here with, who the hell's Jake Sully, who's his co, you know, his team that he's going to be working with, who's the big general guy that's like, they're going to, you know, Pandora is fucking crazy and they have big jaguars out there that will eat your eyes like juju beads and... I remember that line distinctly because I remember someone, I, some reviewer had said that this is the the lines in this movie in this movie are so campy and so ridiculous and they're not that memorable that I had to go back and I saw that I just remember that line and it you know they'll they'll carve your eyes out and eat them like juju beads. I was like, that's a fucking line. I was like, and when I realized after he says that line, I feel like every single line post juju beads is some sort of for the first 45 minutes it's like explaining how crazy this world is or how um asshole-ish a character is like sigourney weaver i feel like is an obtuse ass the entire time saying how inadequate jake sully is and uh i gotta say we're already in the spoiler section so i would have expected you to have seen this movie jake sully worst character uh, that ever to not listen ever dude is running like a quadrillion dollar avatar program on a whole nother star system planet whatever for his uh, a dead identical brother and every time they tell him not to do something this motherfucker does it twice jake don't stand up jake don't go run don't go out in the thing don't 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 piss off the rhinoceros thing. Jake, don't do this. Jake, don't do that. Even when he meets Zoe Saldana's Natiri, when he meets Natiri, she's like, don't do this. Don't touch that. Don't boop that. Don't bop that. He does everything. I was so pissed off at this character. I was like, dude, you are a fucking child. Every time they tell you not to do something, you do it and you fuck shit up. I was like, you do not deserve to have this program at all. Now, it is one it's it's one thing for us to be like wow i'm really endeared to this guy that is you know uh a paraplegic and he's really getting out there in the in the zone but it feels like almost uh, this the way that this movie ages with regards of uh uh being handicapped i guess or 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 handicapable whatever the the term is now um that 
they're everyone shitting on him immediately they're like talking directly to his face they're like i think when someone calls him meals on wheels i was like oh jesus why you gotta do him like that i was like what seriously why you're like all right there is a lot of slander towards this guy being uh, in a wheelchair it's like i'm sure that there is plenty of people in wheelchairs watching this movie they're like fuck you <laughs> you know that is like come on now so uh Anyways, fucking Arnold's looking at me behind this. That's creeping me out. I watched Total Recall earlier. It's <laughs> I'm like, am I in the program right now? I don't know what's going on. Um. Anyways, I was noticing. Yeah, it feels like a lot of people are assholes. A lot of assholes. Um. In this, and a lot of people that aren't listening. Um. That's about all I can think of off the top of my head. So that's kind of Jake Sully in a nutshell and a couple of other people. You obviously got uh, Norm Spellman. I mean, that's the most nerdiest dude you can think of. Um, and, of course, we got Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, Ribisi. Um, Giovanni Ribisi is usually pretty damn good in things, but it feels like this movie, he's, like, told, they're like, all right, we need camp of the camp of the camp of the camp and then triple it and double it and triple it by extra camp and that's what we need from you giovanni can you do that and he just does like a ha ha of course and you know i don't even know what kind of uh accent the guy's doing half the time but it's like some sort of italian maybe uh like so anyways he's playing a caricature Stephen Ling playing a caricature. Norm Spellman. I mean, that that's written as a character uh, caricature. Um, and then we have uh, Augustine, obviously. You know, as soon as she hops out of her avatar bed, she's like, where's my cigarette? You know, like, uh, y'all are already fucking up. You know, she's always the one to tell everybody they're always fucking up. It's like, okay, thanks for telling us that. So... Anyways, a lot of assholes. Um, but anyways, Jake's basically hired to be the 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 heavy um, when they're on these expeditions as avatars. And so it is cool. I got to say that despite everyone being assholes, it is cool um, them experiencing the new world, the avatar body, you know, what it can do the 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 different world that they're in the the animals the everything about it i love being introduced to a brand new world and in, in, in this type of environment and then when it's done well it's it's kind of uh you know it's given out to you kind of slowly instead of expeditiously and so i think that this movie does a very good job of kind of introducing you to that and kind of giving you that that wondrous feel so let me see what else we got right here. Uh, while escorting the avatars, Grace and Norm Spellman, avatar, uh, Jake's, uh, sorry, I uh, shouldn't have done that. Dr. Norm Spellman, Jake's avatar is attacked by a Pandorian wildlife. He flees into the forest where he is rescued by a female, Navi Natiri. Witnessing an auspicious auspicious sign sorry she takes him to the clan she nearly kills him with like an arrow that's like i think they're all carefully dipped in some sort of poison or something i don't remember 
but I think they explain how how dangerous everything is. You remember they'll claw your eyes like juju beads, like juju beads. <laughs> but um, so uh, Natiri shows up in my God, holy cannoli! It is like I said, all of the CGI, all of the effects, all look really good. But then when whatever they put on the really good effects, they saved everything for Zoe Saldana's Natiri. I swear, like every inch, you're like, God dang. It's like, I don't know what world that is, but we need to go there right now. And you know exactly why. <laughs> like, like I'm I was watching this several times. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like, just looks like a real individual. And and she's fine. I'm telling you through the roof doesn't even make sense you know throw the respect on there you gotta say she is the most respectably fine blue individual i've ever seen in my life so we're just gonna set that right there you know um yeah i was like god dang and i noticed distinctly she has very little on the entire time i haven't gone back and watched and listen to a whole bunch of reviews of Avatar 2009, but I don't remember. I'm, I mean, I was a freshman in high school, so uh, you know, fucking thinking of fucking an Avatar thing is a, a Navi is not on on my brain even at all. So I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but uh, now I'm just like, God dang, y'all really fucking went all out on that shit. Y'all didn't have to go that hard, but my God, you know, and um. And on top of that, you know, some people got like the giant fetish going on. These things are 10 foot tall. So there's scenes with these Navi and these uh, and then regular sized people. And they're huge when they're trying to get Jake Sully to fucking calm the fuck down. He's a huge. So I, I really liked every single uh, time that they shared screen time with uh, a human because you can really see how fucking big they are. So. Um, yeah, Natiri witnesses kind of like nature interacting with Jake Sully. And it's this whole thing of like, wow, nature's really saying he's the one or he is some sort of special individual kind of, you know, can't kill him kind of thing. It's bad for the universe, that type thing, you know, and, and Natiri is very much, uh, you know, when she saves Jake from these like, uh, little, uh, Jurassic Park type, like, meh, like to, uh, animals, like trying to kill him you know he, she has to like like cut one of the necks of one of them but then she like prays and says you know my bad i'm sorry you know go return to the earth so it's very you know it's like it's very kind of like one worth one with earth you know that type of thing so um she takes jake back to the clan and, and given this time at this point jake has this is his first outing in the avatar body he's lost his his team um and they think he's done at this point you know it's completely relatively hopeless from their end they're like oh he's fucked there's no way he's gonna live so natiri's actually kind of taking care of him kind of taking him under his wing and then <clears throat> introduces him to the family and the and the clan the the uh the natiri uh uh family and everybody and i gotta say that we don't really get that much time or um perspective from anyone except for the leaders of the clan and then one other guy who seems to be kind of inter uh, uh, interested in um 
Suye, I think. Um, yeah, he's the one that's interested in Atiri as well. But we, I don't feel like we get too much perspective from the people of uh, the Navi and whatnot. So there, there are downsides to how the movie is dissected from the Native American, the the quote unquote Native American way. You know, it's it's very much going from the <clears throat> the colonizers' perspective the entire time. So uh, Natiri's mother Moye. The spiritual leader of the clan orders her daughter to initiate Jake into their society. Uh, Colonel, uh, sorry, Colonel Miles uh, Quadric, head of RDA's security force, promises Jake the company. Um, the company will restore his legs if he provides information about the Navi and gather uh, and their gathering place. The giant home tree under which a rich deposit of unobtainium uh, of which is a rich deposit of unobtainium it's like you know the resource that the colonizers are trying to get and we've seen this in multiple other movies that we've mentioned already um one thing that i want to kind of uh talk about that's kind of not even just spoken about but like one or two sentences is the fact that jake is Jake is he isn't physically in the body he's tethered to the body and there is a technology that is letting him you know technically sit in a tube lay in a tube and mentally control the body of the avatar. And the whole time, he, he does not tell Natiri or anybody else that this is his situation. And at this point, he's agreed to the general or the, the colonel that, Colonel Miles, that... he'll give all of the information he can about the Navi to him. And I think it's the Marines for them to go take up uh, the unobtainium. And so Jake is basically undercover asshole for the next hour and a half, I think, through the destruction of I think it's around the, the end of the second act. So this is why I fucking hate Jake. First of all, I've never met a grown man named Jake. I've been like, yeah, that's a great guy. I'm just messing with all Jake. Um, but really, most of them change their name from Jake to Jacob or something like that. Or Jack. I don't know. I don't know what happens to the Jakes once they hit a certain age. Like I've never met a really old man named Jake. Um, Jacob? Maybe I don't know what the, what 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 happens to them. Where do they go? Um. Anyways, so that's why I don't like Jake. Jake Sully sullies himself around the middle of this movie, or you know, right at the beginning of him being interested in it. But so what I'm saying is, he's going back and forth from being tethered to this body, kind of sleeping in and out, busting in and out of consciousness of where he is. Um which on one end of the spectrum 
is cool that they're they're doing it this way and they're not really spending too much time on the technology of it. It's like, oh, the tech isn't letting him go through it. It's just a very much is he in the tube or is he not in the tube? Is his body secure? Or is his not is his body not secure? So um you know learning of this um you know of Jake informing Miles of the unobtainium and everything. Um, learning of this, Grace transfers herself, Jake and Norm, to an outpost. Jake and Natiri fall in love as Jake is initiated into the tribe. And now this is where I'm kind of like, Natiri is almost instantly kind of smitten with him. She doesn't like like him like him, but she's just all of a sudden kind of like feeling up on him a little bit on his avatar body and whatnot. And, you know, they're having fun, giddy experiences and, you know, laughing at the bully guy, Titsu, who's trying to, uh, you know, make fun of him all the time. But Natiri's always got his back, you know. It, it, it seems very tropey, I guess, kind of cliche. Is that the right word? Um, and so the human team... Dr. Spellman, Dr. Grace, all of them, they don't like Jake for, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie because they're like, all right, well, this guy's just, you know, comes in here, thinks he's running shit, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, he's just like thinking that he knows best, I guess. I'm not exactly sure what the the right cause or the right way to kind of formulate it. But anyways, it's the, you know, everyone hates him at first and now everyone loves him. And uh, he's getting endeared in both the team and the company and in the tribe and uh, kind of having like these montages with Natiri and her and the the tribe and be kind of becoming more native and stuff like that. Definitely kind of having some colonization happening. Um, and you can kind of see how they kind of start to become, you know, closer at one point. But still, I fucking hated him. He had multiple chances to tell her that. And he's, he is kind of, he's taking advantage basically of everything. Um, he becomes, I think, initiated into the tribe at this point. And let me see. Jake and Natiri fall in love as Jake is initiated into the tribe. He and Natiri choose each other as mates. And I think it's, a beautiful scene obviously every scene they're in pandora is just gorgeous it's glowing everything's about it it's just like uh you'd want to take any date you had there you know honeymoons or or get engaged it just is a beautiful ass place um and so it's very romantic every time that they would have the the romantic scenes between jake and natiri um and then when they have the kind of the falling in love scene and and um you know, he says, you know, she has to choose me kind of thing that the two two way street of uh, consensuality, I guess, would be the word being consensual on both ends, which I thought was oddly pretty progressive for 2009. I wasn't sure that they were going to go full through. Usually it's whole hog. The man has to go, you know, jump, throw himself on a lady or something like that. But he was very he was very much courting of her and he's very respectful, I thought, and it uh, mostly worked. 
with the exception of him being a gigantic asshole and lying about everything i think it was very romantic <laughs> um so uh that was that that scene and everyone discusses so i watched the extended version i believe on disney plus um got that little uh black friday deal if you know what i mean that uh Two ninety nine a month. I was like, steal. I actually heard that uh, normal Disney Plus is going to like ten ten ninety nine a month. I was like, damn, they're really bumping it up from like seven to ten ninety nine. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so, anyways, yeah. Uh, and then that one extended edition scene. I swear, everyone says it's the same thing when he's like trying to um, learn how to fly the. Uh, the pterodactyl thing and he has to like connect with the horse with his little hair tail dick thing and they connect that way and they become tethered to the horse become tethered to the bird thing become tethered to each other of the things i swear i swear that they had it in so in the disney in the version that i saw on disney they do not connect their little uh hair tie thingies i think in the extended cut they do but in the in the disney one they don't and apparently it was never shown in theaters that they ever really connect to their little hair thing the whole thing was like so basically what they were saying is like you connect to the horse with your little hair thing and you also have sex with your little hair thing and Apparently that never happened or something like that. There's some sort of big allegations. I don't know. There ain't no allegations. But anyways, um, I was like, wow, I thought they changed the scene or something like that. But apparently it never happened. So I was just very, uh, uh, I was surprised the romantic scene still worked for me very well. Um, still think it was edited heavily for the, the stream, though, the, the Disney Plus. I was like, okay. And um yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else we got right here. And uh of course, Zoe Saldana. She'll go with a she'll go with a white guy, she'll go with a blue guy, but she won't go with a black guy. <laughs> There's some sort of like long-term joke or run-on joke about Zoe Saldana never dating black dudes in any movie she's in. Is that true? Can we can we get a confirmation on that? I let me see. Let me see. I I don't want to like call her out for all this. But uh, does she have some explaining to do? All right, uh, don't rem. I just saw Amsterdam. I don't remember. She doesn't have a black boyfriend. I don't think. All right, Galen Zagar, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Adam Project. Nope, nope. My N three didn't see that. Nope. I don't know. If I didn't see it, doesn't count. Mm, End game technically doesn't count. Nope. Uh, Infinity War. Eh. She was in the Drake video. He's kind of light-skinned, so I don't know. <laughs> um, takers. I don't remember if she was dating a black dude in that. The Losers. I don't think she dated a black dude in that. Anyways, we cannot confirm nor deny her love interests or what she's interested in. Nor do we really care. But I just wanted to look at that for shits and giggles anyways um let's hop back into the <laughs> review kind of forgot what we were doing for a second oh yeah um okay so anyways 
Jake, Natiri fall in love. Jake initiated in the tribe. They make sweet, sweet leave in the uh, the glowing forest. And he and in like a very sacred area of the forest where they... And I don't think it's, it's really explained why the, the, the forest chooses him at all. I don't really think that's explained at all. Um, so anyways, um, he and Nateria, sorry, Nateria, Natiri choose each other as mates. When Jake attempts to disable, sorry. Sorry. And then they're attacked by a bulldozer. When, like, through the sacred area, uh, I think they just, like, wake up in that sacred area. It's the morning after. So when Jake attempts to dis disable a bulldozer, which is threatening a sacred Navi site where they wake up after having sex, administrator Parker Selfridge, Giovanni Rabisi's character, orders Home Tree Destroyed. There's at one point that Parker Ridge Tree, Selfridge, um, explains the cost of unobtainium to grace Augustine at the beginning of the movie. And he's like, this is why we are here. And this is why we're going to do what we want to do. And I think that was when I realized that this is not a very good script. And when he comes back on here, I'm like, oh, God, he is just he's he's just a non-caring ass the entire time from playing golf in his office to just being an ass to grace to to all of it he's just terrible so he orders home tree destroyed despite grace's argument that destroying home tree could damage pandora's biological neural network like he just like acts like none of it even matters he's like i don't give a fuck you know he's just like he's a fucking baby um, Selfridge gives Jake and Grace one hour to convince the Navi to evacuate. And I feel like he says, like, at, at the beginning, originally, he's, like, trying to have a conscience about it. He's like, you know, do we care? Do we care about it? Do we give him a peaceful resolution? Do we not do it? I mean, not doing it wasn't really an option. It was all about shareholder value and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I was uh, I was just surprised by how much he's like, should we do it? Yes, let's do it. Let's go. Don't give a fuck. Like, he just, like, let's full hog go. Jake confesses that he was a spy and that the Navi take him and Grace captive. Which they right, rightfully should. Jake's an ass. Grace is kind of complicit. Um, so, Quaritch's men destroy Home Tree. And they fucking go full apocalypse now with a. I don't think they play the music, but I kind of wanted to at that point because it's a hit the dun 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 dun. You know, he's over there drinking coffee and stuff like that. I mean, it very much reminds me of that. Kind of evokes that that feeling. Um, Rewatching it, and it's very sad watching all of the Navi just all getting destroyed and fucked up, and it doesn't matter how much. Uh, they have the arrows, you know, they're shooting at metal and glass that's not being broken in any sort of manner. So they're fucked. Um, so Selfridge. Um, okay. So they destroy Home Tree, killing many, including Natiri's father and the clan chief. And it was like, God 
dang it, this is all this blood, the home tree on Jake's hands. Because we see him behind the scenes with Colonel Miles saying, this is how to do it. This is why I don't like Jake. The Moat frees Jake and Grace, but they are detached from their avatars and imprisoned by Corich's uh, forces. Pilot Trudy, Pilot, I'm not calling her Trudy, what the fuck? Michelle Rodriguez, what the fuck y'all doing? Call her Trudy Chacrone? No, Pilot Rodriguez, disgusted by Corich. Uh, uh, Colonel Miles's brutality airlifts Jake and Grace and Norm Spellman to Grace's outpost. Grace is shot during the escape. Jake regains the Navi's trust by connecting his mind of that to Turok, a dragon-like creature feared and revered by the Navi. This is bullshit. Fucking colonizer coming in, showing how everyone can do it. No one can do it, but the white guy from out of town showing everybody how to do the thing he just fucking learned. Shut the fuck up. This ain't the last samurai. This is not what I like in a story at all. This is bullshit. And even movies like Atlantis pull this bullshit of the guy comes from out of town oh shows you how to turn the key a little bit this way and this ain't do it everybody it's like shut the fuck up it honestly gets under my skin that this is the uh the 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 reasoning why he is just okay everything is forgiven blah 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 i was like son of a bitch i was like uh, like when he gets left I'm just like, fuck you, Jake. I, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, I, I, you can hear me now. I'm just like, fuck this guy. Uh, at the sacred tree of souls, Jake pleads with Moat to heal Grace. And the way he gets on Mo, uh, the Turok uh, dragon is he goes from his dragon on top. He just jumps from the top instead of trying to do any other way. He just jumps. I, I, I was like, oh, Jesus. I mean, all the flying scenes... All of that looked phenomenal. It's it's very very fun to watch. It's and just like a lot of flying scenes we've watched. House of the Dragon had a great flying scene of uh, you know them taming dragons and whatnot. The, the feeling of flight on television I feel like is hard to obtain, but when they do it, they do it fucking phenomenal. How to Train Your Dragon? Uh, uh, what is it? House of the Dragon. We got the we got uh, Avatar two thousand nine. Um, all great examples of uh, flight on film. So, yeah. So Jake pleads with them to heal Grace, you know, because she's shot and they have the Avatar body and then they have a human body. And with like little to no uh, obfuscation saying, no, maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah, bring her in, bring her in. We got it. You know, fuck the clan leader that just fucking died and about a million other fucking two, uh, uh, Avatar blue guys that are fucking scattered all over the place in pieces. Let's bring Grace, Dr. Grace, and her Avatar body and save her. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, 
this is why this movie is not like my, my top 20 or something like that. Cause it's just, there's a lot of things about this part, these last few little bumps that are coming in. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, son of a, All right, that's it. You know, if it didn't have this CGI visual stunning goodness, I'd be like, all right, this is coming back down. So, um, yeah, the clan attempts to transfer grace into her avatar with the aid of her tree of souls, but she dies. And I kind of forgot that she dies. Um, it's, it's, it is sad. Supported by the new chief, uh, Tutsi, Jake unites the clan. And I hate him giving the fucking, the rousing speech that ain't even that rousing. I was like, fuck this. Um, and then Tutsi is just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, you know, it, I guess it's respectable that I'll trans, uh, you know, I'll translate for you. Anyways, it's not like Jake knows all this amount of information, in my opinion. That really helps. Jake unites the clan, telling them to all gather all the clans to battle the RDA. They could have thought of that himself. They didn't need him to say that. Um, Quaritch organizes a strike against the Tree of Souls to demoralize the Navi. Jake prays to the Navi's deity, Yahweh. Um through a neural connection with the tree of souls. Tutse and Trudy are among the battle's heavy casualties. And I kind of forgot that uh, Michelle Rodriguez gets taken out. I think in the, she gets shot down in, in the bird or in her flighty thing. And um, where is it? The Navi are rescued when pandorian wildlife unexpectedly join the attack and overwhelm the humans which natiri interprets as yahweh answering jake's prayer uh Kurik, wearing an amp suit escapes his air his crashed aircraft and this is a crazy i mean the whole last 45 minutes i'm kind of not doing a great service of describing the action because it kind of goes just it's just telling me on the uh the you know giving it's just giving me plot beats but it is a fucking like it feels like it just feels like level after level after level after level of intense epic action from big scale to medium scale to flight scale to ground scale i mean there is just fucking shit going all over the fucking place and i am like i'm here for it i was like I felt like I was holding on to my couch the whole time on this last like 45 minutes. I was like, dude, this fucking shit is rocking. And I remember when people were talking about saying, uh, like the, the, the film cast said, we were talking about wanting to rewatch the movie, just turn it right back on. And the majority of the second act, I was like, this is fun, but I don't think I'll really want to rewatch it. After the third act, you're like, holy shit, I want to jump back in this shit because this is a fucking ride. It feels like the roller coaster that you're on the majority of the time is a lot of fun. But then that last, like, uh, you know, the last loop to loop on the third, uh, that third act is just one that is worth going back in line for. It's just like, Holy shit. Um, and it is a fucking like, it's like just insanity, insanity. And so, and then when the amp suit comes out, when they're going from the ship to the air and then they're doing some you know combat with the and you know they got like transformers mech suits going i mean it is kind of stupid that the fact that they have these amp suits that are carrying around giant guns like why wouldn't you have guns in the shoulders or something like that i don't know what the fuck's going on so anyways um 
yeah, I was uh I was like, this is crazy. And then Natiri, he's just getting glee. Colonel Miles is just getting glee out of having fucking um in the you know, Natiri getting all um, you know, torn apart, whatnot. And then we have, you know, the big uh Panther type alien thing coming in, last Deus Ex Machina style, and then all of these other things coming in, Deus Ex Machina style, and then eventually gets stabbed, and then and then the he's you know Colonel Miles is trying to break the uh, container where where the body of Jake Sully is, you know, to destroy where the oxygen flow is going, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like fucking genius, you know, you gotta destroy the body, destroy the avatar, destroys it all. And so so. You know, he's wearing an amp suit, escapes his crashed aircraft, breaks open the Avatar's link unit containing Jake's human body, exposing it to Pandora's poisonous atmosphere. As Korok prepares to slit Jake's Avatar's throat, uh, which he probably should have, he is killed by Natiri, who saves Jake from suffocation seeing his human form for the first time and you can just see the scale of her she's like just huge fucking huge um and like i said i love seeing the proportions of them um together seeing um with the exceptions of jake norm and a select few others all humans are expelled from pandora Jake is permanently transferred into his avatar with the aid of the tree souls. And that, my friends, is James Cameron's Avatar 2009. Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know what you thought about the movie. Let me know what you think about the new Avatar 2 reviews, non-spoiler Keep it non-spoiler if we're in the comments on YouTube or wherever you're commenting at. Try to keep it uh, respectful for everyone that hasn't seen it. Um, let me know what you thought about 2009, though. Keep the comments very much of the 2009 section. We're going to cover the way of water and really get into the nitty-gritty of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to discuss the 2009 Avatar before we really got into the way of water. I have not seen The Way of Water at this time, but like I said, for 2009's Avatar, it's a solid 8 out of 10 for that. just the amazing visual effects alone. Um, I think it's a pretty good movie with outstanding effects and a really strong direction. Um, very much excited to see The Way of Water. And curious to see if they actually decide to green light the, uh, the rest of the films because I think that three's finished as well but we don't know about four or five and hell I don't know about six at all but um, yeah let me know what you thought about the review the movie all the good stuff five stars like subscribe you know what to do I see you lost in the woods have you you forget what team you're playing for strong prey on the weak and nobody does a thing you got one hour you knew this would happen everything changed jake it's crazy here quaritch is rolling and there's no stopping him we're going up against gunships with bows and arrows well, i guess we better stop him
take whatever they want. But we will send them a message. 